Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Hendy. And this is Paul, also known as East Tech's Twitch. Here I go on my own, me, myself, and I in paradise. Young and free, we're a long way till the well is dry. I feel alive and I wonder if the feeling's right. Whoa, what the heck are you trying to sing? It's the opening theme song for the Die anime. It's in English now. Really? Crunchyroll only has a show in Japanese with English subtitles. No crunching this role, friend. It's on the UK BBC iPlayer service. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I want to watch Die on an overpriced phone. But still, what are the voices like? Oi, they're right proper, tis they are, gov. Tis doity business this dubbing is, but though he pulled it off quite nice, like, see? No bollocks with these lads. Ouch, my ears. Are you done insulting English people everywhere? <sighs> yes, East X. And you'll never try that again? Yes, East X. And you'll apologize to our UK-based audience? Yes, East X. I'm very sorry, UK peoples. Good. Let them enjoy their crumpets in peace. And a one, and a two, and a... No, 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 no. I know your type, so I'll be kind, a friend, or something like it, if time allows. Cock-clang! Now... Before Pindy unfreezes and starts seeing again, I'll go ahead and welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, the adventure of Die, and the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest Tact first. Good. It is permissible to talk some tact. Lo and behold, for Yon Hero of Dragon Quest III hath arrived. Well, at least... He did, once I was able to get into the game. You had that issue where you couldn't access the game? I forgot that happened. Yeah, it was very frustrating. So many people were locked out of the game for, I think, about six hours-ish before they were finally able to fix it. And that's different from the extended maintenance period that came along when Erdrick was introduced to the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I don't know, it seemed like maybe a quarter, a third, a half. It was a lot of, it was a ton of people. Like, some people could get in and some people could uh, and couldn't. And, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. But after everything was all good to go, um, our Aces Guild had quite the pull party to go after Erdrick and the other available banners. Yeah, we've been pulling every day thanks to those 48-hour banners, the last of which debuts tonight after this recording. How did you do with the pulls? Well, the luck of Rubis was on my side, for I got six, count them, six new S characters during my initial pulls, including Erdrick in a surprise ninja pull. I got characters I was missing, like Rapthorn's True Form, Dragon Quest XI Eric, Extreme Killing Machine, Uber Killing Machine, and Corvus. That's a lot of characters. Yeah, and those 48-hour uh, pulls have been uh, mostly kind to me, too. You know, some I'll go, you know, I'll pull about two deep, and some I'll go all the way. I've gotten some good awakenings, like some for Diamond Slime and Small Terry. I even got uh, Grey Gnarl for the first time plus some awakenings for him, which is fantastic. My only real disappointment was not getting any more Veronica awakenings. I was really hoping to boost her dual cast ability. So, but oh. uh, how's, how's your look been with the 48-hour pulls? Hath the light shined upon thee thus far? Well, firstly, the game is not allowing me to have Grey Gnarls, so that sucks. Oh, man. But, yeah, I did the 10 special pulls after the maintenance and got okay stuff from the 48-hour banners. I went all the way on the Pissarro and Veronica banners and did two pulls from all the rest. The Pissarro banner maxed out my Nocturnus, which is cool, but offered no Pissarros, which is uncool because he's oh. better than Nocturnus. Yeah. Luckily, I got my third Pissarro heart from one of the other banners, so that's pretty cool. The Veronica banner gave me zero Veronicas. Uh. The yeah, the game is just not letting me have her, which sucks. 
No Veronica's for anyone. <laughs> for real, that's how it seems. Thankfully, I got two Jessica's bringing her up to four hearts. So that's good, but I still need that Veronica. Mm. Anyway, I've also gotten my first heart on Gem Slime, Eric, and Corvus. So the pulls have been pretty good at improving my box in general. So how deep have you gotten into uh, Erdrick's character builder? One of the new features for the game, uh, specifically for Erdrick so far. It, it is new indeed. And I've purchased all but one upgrade because I'm low on yellow flowers. Erdrick is very expensive to upgrade. I wish I'd gotten some hearts for him from the pulls, but maybe those will come later. Yeah, me too. I just have the one so far. I'll probably go after him after all this 48 hour stuff is done. Eventually, we, we the events going on for quite a while and so is his banner but uh, yeah i have most of it done for erdrick's character builder save a few left my only problem is uh is a lack of gold and speaking of gold there's gold and them are heels gold i tells you before yeah. this <laughs> before this dragon quest 3 event we had what was called uh gold week in japan or at least that's what it was called in japan it was it was called what like the 3.0 or pre 3.0 whatever week or something i don't know it was nice that they also decided to extend it because at first it was only going to be i think like a week or so it's given me a chance to get more rewards from farming the event i believe our version is called the golden bollocks event <laughs> but i haven't really returned to the to said event since maxing out the main event unit, which I did right before it was supposed to go away at the expense of many stamina refills. So uh, the new event, though, has kept me pretty busy. And I am looking forward to the boosted weekend gold dungeon coming back again on Friday because, yep, need that gold. Got to have yes, it. Yes, I think I'll be doing that, too. I even uh, got uh, Gil Digga off the paid pull. It has a fantastic breath skill that can stun everyone. Nice. The Gil Digga and Murdaw paid banners left me Murdoch. high and dry. Yep. <laughs> but they left me high and dry, I'm afraid. They do both seem like great units. Yeah, I would also uh, come to rename this gold-themed event Dr. Pendy Love, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Spending Gold. Uh, I had up to 800,000, not 80,000, but 800,000 in gold, and I blasted through 700,000 in one day just buying up a lot of those resources in the special gold shop that they had available for this event. Uh, the various events did give me back a lot of gold uh, from the gold events because it's very, very generous when it comes to that. But, but between investing more in the shop and then building up various new characters, especially Erdrick, I'm pretty well bled dry right now. That's what you get for hoarding gold like a dragon. Well, we're all pretty tapped right now. That's true. Upgrading the non-Erdrick units we got from the special banners is expensive, too. Yeah, it is. And so did you get your 630 day reward? I don't know. What was it? So the 630 day mission is uh, I think you got like just like 50 gems or gold or something for it. But it's given to you when you have played up to 630 days of the game. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this in the Aces Guild Discord recently, and I realized that even though I've come close a couple of times, I've logged in every day since day one. So uh, how has your arena been? No perfect weeks for me this time, though I did come close one week where I was perfect until the last day of fighting, and it just didn't work out. I also like the setup for the upcoming guild tournament. I feel like I have a good speed team to compete better than last time that demanded more of a defensive setup. Glad to hear you're ready for the tourney. This time I asked for help from our fellow guildmates in setting up my defense, and I think it is better, although I know that one of our higher skilled members was still able to, to beat it, so it's not exactly an invincible defense setup, but maybe it'll slow some people down. Anyway, Last week, I did pretty well in the arena, but my rank was ruined 
by missing two of my fights because of the extended maintenance period, that issue oh, you were no. talking about. You had that too. Yeah, so that was pretty lame. Um, and they gave us very little to make up for that extended period of not being able to log in now that now that we're talking about it. I mean, they gave us like, was it 500 gems? Is that what we got? No, we got two herbs. <laughs> was it only two herbs or were there gems too? I, I... I don't remember if there was gems. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we got any gems. Cause I remember I was, you may have left already cause you had to leave uh, early from the pool party, but they, we got them during the pool party and it was like ah. just two uh, stamina herbs and everyone was super pissed. <laughs> yeah. That number of stamina herbs is insulting. It should at least represent enough stamina for, I mean, like, I guess they're, you know, just have the appearance of generosity. Don't be so stingy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they could, I mean, it was what six hours, and they gave us, you know, a hundred stamina for that time. Uh, but still, it, it could have, like I said, not been so stingy and given us at least a few more stamina herbs or something. Jeez. Yeah. And if you think about it, some people their their daily progression was ruined that day. It's not like they just lost all six hours. They True. couldn't do a lot of their daily things, like how I couldn't do two of my arena battles. You know. Yeah, because not everyone does it like right away. Like I, I happen to do mine like right away around the time that it opens up. But some people like, like yourself don't get that time and you end up doing it the next the next morning or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I was just really busy and couldn't knock that stuff out early. Other people, they may forget that, oh, yeah, when they do a big maintenance, this kind of thing might happen. You know, mm. but oh, well, we'll have to get over it. Yeah. So this week in the arena, I'm digging the rewards for ranking up in the regular arena battles. It's been quite some time since arena gave us rewards like that. You know, we're getting irises and such. That's great stuff. Oh, yeah. I always love it when they do that. It's, it's really cool. Now, imagine if we did real-time fights in arena. Funny you should say that because now we can. They just introduced real-time fights in the arena. Real-time PvP against another player. You can fight real-time battles for match points that translate into gems and gold as you rank up. The real-time battles open up three times a day for two hours at a time. I hate the bad job the game does of letting you know when the real-time arena is open. Like, they tell you, oh, it's going to open at this specific time, but they say it in Pacific time, but not real Pacific time. It's like this weird version of Pacific time where daylight savings time doesn't exist. So in other words, a time that no humans actually use. And uh, so it just makes it really tough to figure out when those times are. So you just have to kind of like experiment into it and then remember when the times are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the game could like have a timer that just tells you and like opens up in three hours, you know, like it would be so easy for them oh, to communicate yeah. that information better. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they should work on and they probably won't. But I guess you never know. <laughs> so anyway, like also two of the times occur uh, like either when I'm asleep or when I'm at work. So like that makes it really hard to actually do them. But there is there is one time that's after I get off. So if I'm not too busy. I could squeeze some in like today I got to do them for like 30 minutes. Mm. And so that's something. So I'm not quite at platinum as I would like to be, but I think I still have enough time to get there, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say that the battles are fun, but I still get squished by bigger whales with decent regularity. And I'm not talking about how often they poop. <laughs> so, you know, the first time I tried it, I did very well. I won the vast majority of the matches and I ranked up most of the way. Uh, but then the second time I tried it the next day, I just got obliterated with my higher rank that I was at, at the time. Because I think they try and match you up with the uh, people that are similar in rank. Uh, I was getting matched up against nothing but humongous well teams that either had impossible defense setups or agility setups that were much faster than I was. So, But thankfully, though, I was able to achieve the platinum rank on my very last fight as time ran out 
and got the final rewards available. So now I'm done doing that until next week when we transition to phase two of this. And there's been some interesting setups that I've seen that I've learned from. One of them that I saw, actually two of them, that I saw uses uh, Sir Rose Guardian as an assist character because he has selflessness that automatically activates. You don't have to use it. You don't have to use a skill or a turn to do it. He just automatically does it when the battle starts. Right. And I happen to have that character at five hearts, so I might experiment with that next time. And I, I could also experiment with it now because it doesn't. There's no consequence. Also, I saw that Bianca was quite effective. She's quick, has a good multi-hit attack, and her blossom attack can is not all, only powerful and has a wide range, but it can bind other characters so they can't move, which is good, especially in these live live uh, battles. Oh, yeah. So I have a five heart fully blossomed Bianca. So I started using mine, though I did make a huge mistake at first. I had totally forgotten that I had not upgraded her new Blossom attack at all, her new attack. So I'm sitting there hitting people with it, wondering why other people's Biancas are doing so much more damage with their attack than mine. It took me too long to realize that, you know, what mistake I had made. But when I did, I fixed that real quick and did much better with that. You really need to take better care of your Bianca. I'm always telling you that. That's true. But, you know... Also, there's this uh, room match portion that is locked. I have no idea what that's about. I haven't really seen anything on it. I'm guessing maybe it's for custom matches where you can fight random people or friends for fun and or practice. Uh, I don't know yet. That seems to be the case. Now then, before we get into the die portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day. Did you know you can go back and get some great rewards in the reminiscence stages? That's right, tacticians. You can go back and get those rewards you may have missed. Not only that, but sometimes they add new rewards. The Summer Festival event, in particular, added some nice new rewards, including invaluable blossoming materials such as the twigs and flowers. That's good stuff. And the recent 3.0 update made all reminiscent stages cost one-third of the original stamina cost. That's quite the bargain, and that's amazing. We'd like to thank Silver Alpha Lion for this hot tip. That was our tact Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die anime. In the future, we will also do reviews of the manga, upcoming die console news, and maybe even a little bit about the merchandise as well. We actually just had our first show about the manga that went pretty well, our Die Another Day episode that you can listen to and see the four of us do a roundtable discussion about the first half of the first volume of the manga. We did, and that wasn't difficult to set up at all. No, not at all. <laughs> it's not like we tried to do that three or four times before we finally were able to, to get it down and, and done and actually recorded or something. It, I don't know. It was like pulling teeth, literally. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, neither one of us plays the mobile game, and we never will, so get over it. So we'll start out with episode 17, The Death-Defying Savior. In this episode, our party of four have split up into two teams to take down the ice and flame spires that are amplifying Flazard's power. Unfortunately for them, more dark army legions are there to stop them. In the depths of their despair, two mysterious figures come to save Dai and his friends. So it begins with Dai and Badak reaching the flame spire. Badak lights a grenade, one of the only two they have, and is about to toss it at the spire. But then a barrage of spells gets hurled at him from off screen. This forces Dai to push Badak out of harm's way, and the bomb misses its target, blowing up harmlessly. Who is this mysterious force that has attacked them? It's a trap! And this trap is led by none other than Zaboera and his Mystic Legion, along with Mistfern with his Shadow Legion. Meanwhile, 
Pop and Mom aren't very much better, as the Dark Legion commander Hadlar and his personal forces ambush the pair of heroes. So did you notice Hawkman D and E were in the background there? I wonder what happened to Hawkman C. I did see that. Hawkman C previously appeared in Hadlar's bathhouse. Maybe he got to stay behind and get a little steamy. Mm. When Mom tries a physical attack against Hadlar, they bring out one of those famous Adventure of Die uppercuts as Hadlar connects with Mom. As we noticed before, they love bringing out those uppercuts from time to time. Yes, they do, just like in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) In a move that shows more growth from Pop, he selflessly throws himself on top of Mom to prevent Hadlar's spells from hitting her while she lays on the ground, defenseless from the uppercut. Back at the Flamespire, before Dai can pull out an Avon Slash against the Dark Army forces, Miss Fern interferes and traps Dai with the Dark Puppetry or a hand move. That move. Dai learns that Miss Verve is the one who taught Hyunkle all his Dark Aura skills. As we saw before, Miss Vern is the one that saves Hyunkle after he fails to kill Avon when he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but Zaboera hits Batik with a Thwack spell. In the Dragon Quest games, it's an instant death spell. But here, it is still, you know, it's still a death spell, but the person affected is slowly whittled down by ancient words of death from the netherworld. Uh, Batik tries to resist, but he probably won't hold out for long. And I really like the art here for this Thwack spell. Looks very ominous, as it should. Yes, it's an interesting interpretation for sure. Back at the Ice Spire, Hadlar tries to finish off Mom and Pop with a sizzle spell. In desperation, Pop is able to cast sizzle for the first time, and he actually overpowers Hadlar's own sizzle spell. Yes, and then he uses some quick thinking and hurls the bomb they have with them at the enemy forces, and then he explodes it with a sizzle spell, bathing all the enemy forces in a huge explosion of fire. That was a very cool move on his part. Hadlar is no ordinary chump, though. He survives the attack. His uh, outlined visage with the red eyes as he steps out of the fire is really creepy and was a terrific effect before he decided to get serious and whip out a Kassiz spell. Whoa, he better be careful what he whips out there. There's a lady present, and I don't mean you, Pendy. <laughs> now, on the other side of the island, it's time for Gomechan to save the day. He flies into Mist Fern's face, freeing Dai from the dark puppetry or a hand attack that is keeping Dai from moving. I thought that was really noble of Gomechan. Then Dai is able to knock a mage into Zaboera, freeing Badak from the Thwack spell. Thank goodness. Yep, and as the dark army forces regroup to attack Dai and Badak all at once, a bunch of them get squished by a large boulder. More surprises? Who's saving the day? Why, it's our favorite orange reptile, Beast King Crocodile. In classic anime fashion, he's decided to help out the hero die after being defeated by him and seeing the error of his ways. Crocodile mentions an even more powerful ally is going to help out Mom and Pop. More mysterious allies. Is this the death-defying savior mentioned in the episode title? Of course it is. It's Hyunkle, somehow back from the dead to save the day. As Hadlar tries to toss Mom onto the ice spire to impale her, which would have been really gruesome, <laughs> Hyunkle appears crushes the ice spire and catches mom in heroic fashion. So how did Hyunkle survive being enveloped in lava? All will be revealed next episode. I can't wait. So what did you think of this episode? It was certainly full of ambushes from both sides. That it was. It was a fun episode, you know, full of uh, surprise guests. I also really like how Crocodile literally picked up and threw die towards the tower so he can go confront Flazard. Uh, Pop also shows a lot of growth in this episode, too through his abilities and actions. That was really cool to see. Indeed. It's a good episode for Pop. And yeah, this episode happens to be one of my very favorites. 
you know, uh, yeah, what's what's my favorite moment? It's, it's got to be Beast King Crocodile showing up to save the day. And Hyunkle shows up and it's even more dramatic. Mm. Both both are really good parts, but I mean, like, and yes, it's it's kind of typical anime stuff, but I just think the show does a really good job of capitalizing on those characters because, you know, they started out as bad guys and, you know, you you might have even hated them a little at first, but they turn them into just such fun characters to have on the team, you know, mm. so like it's to me, it's just one of the best things that the show does. And yeah, I love seeing them show up and, and do their thing and surprise Hadlar and the other Dark Force commanders or Legion generals that's what they are yeah nice. they deserve in uh you know in some of the notes from how the old anime depicts these actions i thought the artist's take on the restless armors was very interesting they look more creepy and they ha- kind of have this like glow coming out of their helmets that was interesting you mean in the old show or the new one the, the old one the old one. Oh man I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I'm still behind on the old show, unfortunately. But in the new show, they're too obviously drawn with CG in this episode, at least, as are like the the other guys, the the wizard guys, whatever mm-hmm, they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, they're they're on model and they're cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in past episodes with the new anime, they decided to make all the monsters, you know, more on model towards the Akira Toriyama designs. But yeah, the older anime takes its cue from the manga and does the redesigned monsters that the manga artist had made and the, in particular yeah these if you go back and check and look at the restless armors and how he redesigned them yeah they're they're, they're creepy looking and they got the strange like yellow glow coming out from their helmet because it's kind of the faceplate's open so it's like it's like looking into like i don't know what but it's it's cool sounds good to me well yeah on to the next episode now we move on to episode 18 hyunkle versus hadlar in this episode hyunkle and hadlar face off in a battle to the death. This starts out with my favorite moment from the episode as Pop demands some help from Hyunkle and Hyunkle just tosses some medicinal herbs in Pop's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like here. And then the visual of Pop just chowing down on the leaves while he, while he complains about Hyunkle the whole time is just priceless. It's, it's great. I just yeah, love that moment. That's so great. Yeah, the kind of uh, irate eating. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're treated to a flashback showing how Crocodine, with the aid of his Garuda, the bird, and his Vortex Axe powers, is able to dive into the lava that was going to kill Hyunkle. It looked like it did. He pulls him out and saves him from certain death. It also shows their conversation with each other that leads to their decision to help die and abandon the Dark Army. The only part I don't like about this episode, it happens here too, and it's how Hyunkle's special sword armor magically appears in front of him, completely restored. And the explanation basically boils down to, well, because magic. It was a little weak. Do you think it's the same the old anime uh yeah it is it's it's because i've gotten that i think i've gotten that far and have i gotten that far in the manga too but definitely in the old anime it's the same way they, they talk about like oh it's because of your warrior spirit has you know been restored that your sword has been restored now and it, it has found you and now you can use it's it's just weird it's like because magics and i i just i wasn't a fan of that yeah it, it's kind of like one of the things that they would write for expediency like in the newer show and they're just trying to compress things it, it wouldn't surprise me Oh, it just appeared, and that way they don't have to show him going back and getting it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess even in the original story, they didn't always want to quite go to that length. So nope. yeah, whatever. It's just a passing thing. So back at the at the fights on Valge Island, Crocodile blasts the flame spire with his Beast King Anguish Blast, getting rid of the island's curse field that Flazard had created. His special move even gets a name change, as Baddock suggests that he now change it to Beast King Redemption Blast. Hey, that's a good name for it. I also like their bonding. That's fun. 
seeing mm-hmm. them interact with each other. Hyunkle and Hadlar then square off, and after some intense fighting, Hyunkle takes down Hadlar with a bloody scryde attack. It was all a facade, however, as Hadlar purposely gets hit to bait Hyunkle in closer for a sneak attack with his claws, piercing right through Hyunkle's body. Yeah, to be specific, Hyunkle had pierced Hadlar's heart with his bloody scryde attack, but little did he know that Hadlar actually has two hearts, one on each side of his chest. Yeah, and I thought it was fun how they incorporated that into the tact mobile game as well. He has a uh, two hearts ability in the game where he will auto heal after being attacked. Yeah, it's a nice touch. So with Hyunkle's armor pierced, Hadlar channels a Kafriz past his spellproof armor, cooking him on the inside. Ouch. Yeah, so uh, how do you like your Hyunkle? Medium? Well done? Someone get the meat thermometer! Ew. All seems lost with Hyunkle. However, he he ends up remembering a technique that Avan taught him that uses life energy as a weaponized blast. Yep, it's called a Grand Cross and uses all the life energy he can muster to blast Hadlar and his minion. Yeah, and it's really cool looking when he does it. Oh, yeah. Fortunately for Hadlar, he's shielded by his minions, which protects him from taking a direct hit. Yep, Hadlar then goes in for a killing blow, thinking Hyunkle had used all of his life energy, but Hyunkle is able to pull off a surprise attack, piercing Hadlar's other heart. Hadlar falls, and Hyunkle passes out completely. Yeah, and uh, that was a really cool surprise attack. I mean, like, you could tell Hyunkle's going to be saved somehow, mm-hmm. but the fact that, you know, it's like, actually, first I thought he wasn't even in the armor, because, like, d- doesn't he do that at some point in the show? But, um, but yeah, he's in the armor, he's just immobile, and, uh, yeah, the way the... the sword thing just sticks out backwards sticks into hadlar and then it just turns back into a full-size sword and it's just stuck in hadlar's chest you know and he's like falling down and kind of admiring Hyunkle at the same time yeah so, he kind of like just whips his head back and then boom right right in the other heart yeah so not too shabby kind of reminds me of that the one scene in terminator 2 where the the t-1000 kills the the hapless stepdad but anyway here it's a, a good guy killing a bad guy and that's way better <laughs> so then Miss Varun appears right after, and they cut away. What will his purpose be in this situation? To save Hadlar? To finish off Hyunkle? It's good to keep in mind that Miss Varun originally saved Hyunkle as as a teenager, so perhaps, you know, perhaps he's got a soft spot for him. Perhaps. But we'll see next episode if that's going to be the case, because this one ends with Flazard talking about how he's looking forward to his fight with Dai, despite everything that's going wrong. So what do you think of this episode? It's a good episode. Like, it's hard to stop right here here because you know there's still so much unresolved action going on but yeah it was really nice to see Hadlar get what's coming to him at this point in the story because yeah he's been a real jerk in these last few episodes and, and pretty much the whole show so far so yeah you know Hyunkle getting one up on him it, it was about time yeah and I really like this whole Hadlar Hyunkle fight like the back and forth was really good and I like how it also incorporated uh, flashbacks of Hyunkle's struggles throughout his life indeed those were cool to see now in respect to the old anime as I understand it there aren't too many differences the old show has a bit where Badak injures himself and Gomichan stays back to try and help how sweet yeah and there's also a small scene where they show uh Madariv and one of his not not one of his but one of the female sages uh realizing that the heroes have made some good progress in the battle they're kind of washing off from the distance and of course Madariv tries to perv it up with the sage as she struggles to get him off her his little yeah. comedic moment <laughs> yeah so I think cutting back to him would have been a good idea because he should be invested in what's going on on Valja Island especially so, with Pop. yeah exactly so from a storytelling perspective that just would have been better but you know they don't they don't quite have the time for it in the new show Mm-mm. um but also yeah him you know him being a pervy old man you know which 
while probably offensive to some, you know, it is a nice source of humor. So, um, so yeah, that would have been fun. Too bad we can't have it in the new show. But the action in these episodes covers the action from the middle of episode 31 to almost the end of episode 34 in the original anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a good episode, like we said. And But before we leave you today, we have a bit of Dai-related news for you. We do? Oh, yeah. As we mentioned in the opening... The new Die anime suddenly appeared in the BBC iPlayer service, which is not actually an iPhone exclusive thing, even though it sounds like it, mm. and with an English dub to boot. Yeah, it seems that the Canadian company uh, Ocean Media ended up dubbing this show, and the, the first 25 episodes are available there. And of course, the dub is not done with a British accident, like we were joking about before. Oi, but, you know, maybe a little Canadian accent in there? <laughs> I hear it sometimes with the Canadian actors that they employ. Especially when they say something like sorry, the sorry sometimes comes out a little bit uh, in those Canadian dubs. But most of the time you can't tell. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite old anime movies, Fatal Fury, the the motion picture mm-hmm. dir- directed by Masami Obari. Great movie uh, based on the fighting game series. But uh, that was dubbed in Canada. And uh, yeah, they like do not even try to hide their, their strong <laughs> Canadian accents, you know. <laughs> So hopefully it's not quite as pronounced in this show. I wouldn't expect it to be because obviously the voice acting industry has really progressed over the years. Yeah. The English industry, I should say. Yes. The dub might be a bit controversial because there was a do not work order from the American Acting Guild because Toei wasn't going to pay union wages for the work. And that does suck of them. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe that's why the dub is only in the UK right now. I wonder if it will make its way to uh, any streaming services that are available in America. One can only hope, especially because it would be a great feature to have on, a, you know, an imagined Blu-ray release. Man, I'd buy that right up. Oh, yeah, me too. It, you know, I used uh, for this uh, dub at the uh, the BBC service, I used a VPN to check it out. And, and you know, the voices are uh, interesting. It took me a while to get used to Pop's voice in particular, but it is growing on me of what I've seen. Uh, Mom's <laughs> mom's a- actor uh, kind of sort of has a little bit of a California girl effect going for it that I thought was amusing. Like, oh, my God, Becky, look <laughs> at her sizzle spell. It's so big. Like, totally. Well, that doesn't sound very inspirational. But on the other hand, any dub that isn't completely terrible is a good thing because that means more people can enjoy it, especially young viewers. Yeah. And, you know, not that I was surprised, but I did notice from bouncing around the episodes that there is some censorship going on here. Like, for example, when Banarov runs towards Ma'am to try and be all pervy towards her, it suddenly jump cuts to... uh, Mom looking all mad as she then explains her relationship to the rest of the people there. So that's like one of those obvious cuts because it just, just decided, no, we're not going to have any of that. We're just going to cut from him running right to, you know, mom suddenly looking mad for some reason and talking about, you know, oh, this guy is my uncle and blah, blah. That's not great. But <laughs> let's hope if they put it on, uh, you know, on proper streaming services or uh, or on home video that they would restore the footage because a lot of times they dub the whole thing and then they just you know censor it for whatever the network requires yeah i'm pretty sure that was just a bbc thing because it's you know it's the bbc if you're not familiar with them at all they they're bollocks pretty, yeah they're, they're pretty strict with that so if it, it ends up on like Crunchyroll, it's already on Crunchyroll and it's not censored so we know it'd be good there or if they put it like on a blu-ray release like that's even more uh more of a chance that they they they, they almost never do that like a, like a dvd or blu-ray release so i'm not worried about it but yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to watching the dub but i am going to wait till it's hopefully on some other platform yep i can do it too 
Finally. And, you know, I also happen to have gone to Anime USA, a uh, anime convention this past weekend in the D.C. area, and I was able to chat with the English dub voice actress, uh, Amy Lowe. You oh. may know her recently from voicing Lucy from the cyberpunk Edge Runners anime. Not bad. Yeah, she told me that before it went to Ocean Media, uh, she actually auditioned to play the part of Dai, and she said she was bummed that it just didn't you know, work out in the end for her. Wow. What a coincidence. You met somebody who auditioned for the part. I know. And it was, uh, it was very fun to talk to her. Like you don't always get this with voice actors who do anime dubs, but she is actually very much into anime. We talked about what we had been watching lately and she chatted me up about the unicorn, uh, the unicorn Gundam series because I happened to be wearing a UC Gundam shirt on at the time. How cool. Yeah, you know, like, obviously it's not required that they enjoy anime, just no. like you can have actors in the Marvel movies who, who don't care about superhero stuff, yeah. like Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, for instance. He just couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. But when they do like the thing that they're taking part in, it's just so much more enjoyable to hear from them and to interact with them. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, also in the artist alley location for that anime convention, they had a board where you could write down what anime you've been watching lately, you know, and of course I had to represent and I wrote down the adventure of Dai. All right. And yes. I'll post a picture of that in the YouTube version of this so you can all see my horrible, horrible handwriting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, the more people that know about Die, the better. And that's all for this episode of Slime Time, Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 19 and 20 of The Adventure of Die on Crunchyroll. We don't use Patreon, but if you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at www.woodis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running. The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything. There's not even a slot to put your quarter into. And we even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy by our resident artist, Dwayne. See the link for it in the show notes. As part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or STU, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday, kids. <laughs> Getting back to Dragon Quest... Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, the only forums on the internet made of 100% real dragon. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at woodis.com slash forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers, Infinity Strash, and Dragon Quest Tact global Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there. Or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. Yeah, do that. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, including Pendy, Woodis, the Dragon's Den, and four X's in a row. I don't know what that means. You usually put something there. You put like Usually I there. do. Usually you do. <laughs>
And a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast, this podcast. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. We'll catch you later, everybody. Remember, don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here. Gutrude for Slime Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure.